It's the Paddlewoo Podcast. Dedicated to high-performance stand-up paddle surfing. Our mission is to debrief the visionaries, innovators, and athletes leading the charge to define paddle-enhanced surfing. And here's your host, Eric Antonsen. Thank you for tuning in to the Paddle Woo Podcast. Paddle-enhanced surfing is what we're all about, and today's guest embodies the term. He's a three-time world longboard champ, Colin McPhillips, and he has been an avid stand-up paddle surfer since 2009. He currently rides for Hobie and Salt Life and Rainbow Sandals, and he joins us live on the show today. Colin, thank you very much for being here. Uh, Start off with giving us an overview of what you've done in the world of surfing and how you got into stand-up paddle surfing. Well, yeah, my, uh, my surfing career goes back, you know, from, let's say, I started surfing at five years old and did the normal just growing up. Pretty much all I wanted to do was surf, did the whole amateur shortboard um, scene. I always longboarded, but just strictly for fun. I was actually trying to, like, full pro shortboard was my, was my goal. Um, all of a sudden... I was competing and I was doing reco- well in shortboarding um, and then started doing some amateur longboarding too in my late teens. Okay. And next thing you know, fast forward a little bit, I'm in high school, senior year in high school, um, a longboard tour started and I decided, heck, I'll do the first event. And at this time, I still wasn't real serious at longboarding. I was, that's probably why it clicked for me because I wasn't taking it too serious. I was just strictly fun. And, uh, next thing you know, first event made the final and made the next final and finished that year out when I was in high school. And then the longboard scene exploded in 1993. And, um, that was kind of it. Won the U S open in 1994. My first, that was my first big win right out of high school. And, um, it kind of went on from there. I did the did the pretty much switched roles. Now shortboarding became just fun and I competed hundred percent longboarding and took it quite serious for many years and had a really good run at it. Um, fast forward a little bit more, won my first world title in 1999, then won my second in 01 and my third in 02. Then I had a lot of, uh, runner ups, third place. I was always, you know, didn't win any more world titles after that was still, um, did well, won lots of events and all that. And then let's say fast forward some more. And I remember this vividly because when stand-up paddling started getting very popular, it started getting very popular about in around 08. And I, I kind of held out, didn't start doing it yet. Uh, my dad actually started and kept bugging me. You got to, you got to get one of these. It's so much fun. And one of my home spots is San Onofre and where you stand pals down at the south end of the beach. So all these friends of mine were driving by me where I was surfing to go paddle. So finally, I'm like, you know, I got to try this. And this was now in 09 and I, it was the summer of 09. And I remember my first board was an 11, six, um, Ron house gave me a paddle. And I remember my first day going down there. It was like a pretty solid South swell waves were pumping, like, you know, solid six feet, Tons of wind, middle of the day, low tide, the waves are breaking, you know, like a mile out to sea. And, and I don't ever wear a leash on my longboard. I go down there with my 11.6, my paddle <laughs> that, that I never cut 
So it was as long as the paddle came and I just duct taped the handle onto it, not knowing <laughs> what you're supposed to do. And I'm like, heck, you know what? I could surf good. I could do this. No problem. And I remember paddling out and just what a humbling experience. I was losing my board, getting hit by my board, you know, did this like, wow, that was an eye opener. And what it did is it got me one mad because I wasn't good at it. Yep. And two, let this fire under my ass, like, oh my God, I got to get good at this. And it was like learning to surf all over again. It, I remember the next day, it was like one of those things that all I could do was think, sup surfing, get good at it, figure it out. And literally for like two months, it was like live, eat, breathe, doing stand-up paddle surfing. And um, it was funny because that was, I th- it might have been like my third session after my first humbling experience. It was in the morning time, waves were still pumping, same spot. And Dog Patch of San Onofre is like kind of the mecca of, of surfing in Southern California. Um, and I remember that the, the, like, it was my third session and I'm down there and like at the time Chuck Patterson um, was one of the big names. Oh, God, who else was there? There was, there was a pack of like 20 guys out, all, all like guys that have been doing it, this and that. And I remember I'm pounding out on my 11.6 and a bomb wave's coming and everybody's yelling, go, go, go. And I'm turning around like, oh, my gosh. There's like 10 people that might be in my way. I might run them over. I don't know. And that was my first like drop in, bottom turn correctly, use the paddle. And then it kind of just started clicking after that. And, and it was on, you know, and that was in 09. And it was actually going into the end of summer. And I had the Lombard World title. World Championship was coming up in November in the Maldives. And I was like having to force myself, okay, put the paddle down. You've got to go make sure you're still good at longboarding. Like, go longboard, go longboard. I just kept wanting to paddle. And then when I was going to the Maldives, I was just so on the fence about bringing my stand-up boards with me, which I ended up not doing. But um, I just remember, I mean, that's how it started for me, and I've pretty much been hooked ever since. Yep, I think that those first couple months when you start to stand up, you get to see surfing from the eyes of a beginner again, and it's some of the most fun times that you have in the water. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, without a doubt. It was just that whole experience of um it, it made me feel like a little kid again like yep. i remember when i was a little kid i'd get a new board and the night before i'd wax it up perfect i'd like basically sleep with the thing just waiting to ride it the next day all of a sudden and that full feeling came back when i started paddling where for for surfing for a while like even at that time in longboarding it was kind of starting to get a little stale for me like i mean don't get me wrong it was it was i was doing it i was it was my job i was getting paid I loved it traveling, but it was just the stand-up paddling brought a whole new freshness to things, and like it just was re it, it just re excited me about everything, you know. Where I was kind of just getting things were just getting kind of old, so it was perfect timing for it all to happen. Yeah, when you're ninety nine percent good at something, and then all the work that you're doing in the sport is to get from ninety nine percent to a hundred percent. That's pretty monotonous, but then you start something new and you're going from zero, or maybe if you've been surfing, you're going from 25, but from 25 to 99, every day you go out, you get to do your best turn, you get to catch the best wave that you've caught. That makes the sport really fun there for that whole first, for me, it was almost two years that every day I was going out and I could do something new, ride a shorter board, stand on something smaller, um, the whole thing. Yeah, and it makes you remember it too, Mm because you are doing things that you're better than yourself each and every session compared to before. It's kind of just, it just blends together. It's kind of the same thing. Exactly. 
Exactly. How's the vibe in the water? You live in San Clemente, right next to Trestles. How's, where do you stand up there and how's the vibe in the water for you? Um, well, it's kind of funny because where I live, it's actually, I would have to say it's the only place in California that there is actually a law about where you can stand up surf. And it's kind of, I find it kind of funny that, that you could be told what you can and can't do on a wave in the ocean. Um, so there's kind of two sides to the, to the problem, I guess. A lot of people would call it a problem. I'm okay with it, but I'll tell you why. Um, but yeah, so where I live, Trestles, um, Trestles is off limits for, for stand-up. You, they say legally you cannot have a paddle in the lineup. You're considered a boat. Like it's the same thing as driving your Boston Whaler into the lineup at Lowers. So no stand-up paddle surfing anywhere at Trestles. Um, you can get away with it at churches because it's, it's actually uh, Camp Pendleton, the military base. There's a small section of zone there that you are allowed to because it's military um, base. And then you get a little further south, and that's San Onofre. And no stand-up paddle surfing there except for at the very south end of the beach, which they call Dog Patch. So Dog Patch kind of turned into like that is the Waikiki of California to learn how to sup. That's where everybody goes. And it's like this little segregated area, SUPs only. So on one hand, it's kind of cool because it's a fun wave. It's my one of my favorite places to SUP surf. Um, and we're kind of just down there by ourselves. So it's kind of neat. You know, the same people are there. Same friends hang out there all the time. Um, so it's kind of weird not being able to go up to the other zones. But on a side note, I absolutely love it because on the days that, say, the waves are really small, low tide, kind of windy, there's nobody out anywhere. Well, at a right point break on a stand-up board, a one or two foot wave is absolute heaven for me. So I go out at trestles all the time when there's nobody in the water and stuff by myself. And with it being the whole law that you're not allowed to, no one goes there. So I think it's just great because you my used theory to, is <laughs> You used to stand no up out there by yourself all the time. After everyone hears this, you won't be alone anymore. I know. Well, luckily, I know the lifeguards. I guess I'll put. I'll say that I'm, I'm giving away the secret. But no, but it's kind of funny. It's there. There are other people doing it. I mean, people start catching on that it's kind of ridiculous that you that you're told what you can and can't do on a wave. But um, there's lots of times that you know there's lots of spots on, and that's what's so great about a stand-up board is you can have a two-foot wave, and with with the speed you get out of the wave with your paddle and how hard you could turn a two foot point break with my paddle makes me feel like I've just surfed six foot Jeffrey's Bay. I get that same feeling because you get so much out of every wave. Yep. So I love it. I, I love the small stormy days that you could sneak in by yourself and surf. So it's kind of like a, you know, double edged sword thing, you know, where, yeah, it is. We've got our, our lines drawn in the sand where we're not supposed to go. But on the other hand, when there's no one around, there's not, I don't see how there could be a law when there's no one else in the water. So it works out good. It's fun. Gotcha. And you've got two boys, Kai and Dax. Well, three, Kai and Dax. And what's your youngest son's name? Steel, my Steel. youngest. Yep. Uh, and Kai and Dax, I know, are super into stand-up. Great surfers, too. Um, you guys get to spend a lot of time in the water together on stand-ups? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, it seems like it's a little bit seasonal with them because come wintertime, they have a lot of shortboard competitions and they and some for some reason also it's a lot more appealing to get to sup without full suits on too. So it seems like um, in the wintertime they're doing a lot. They're probably ninety percent strictly shortboarding, 
10% sup, and then come summertime, um, it's, you know, contests are over, it's just fun time, and then we get to do a lot more stand-up paddling, and I, I always get really excited when, when they want to go sup with me, because when it's, when it's one or two foot, I want to go use, I want to go paddle, and when they start jumping in and always wanting to come along, it's them, like, shortboarding and me supping, it's super fun, and what's so awesome doing it with them, too, I think, is it's, uh, it's strictly fun, it brings me back to my days growing up, longboarding was strictly fun for me and I was concentrating on shortboarding. So I know I, it was, you know, no expectations to do well, or you got events coming up that you're nervous about and subs like that for them. It's just strictly enjoyable and fun. And I think that's why they're so naturally good at it because they just go out there and they don't think about it. They just do it and have fun doing it. And when you're enjoying yourself in the water, I think you're bet no matter what type of surfing you're doing, when there's no pressure, you're not nervous. That's your best surfing is going to come out, and that's what stand up is for them. So it's pretty neat to see. Have you been watching any of that? Yeah, I did. I've uh, I've clicked on a little highlights um, um, here and there. I know it's racing going on today. Yep. So I haven't clicked on yet. But um, I was I was checking in on my my teammates, uh, Team USA, Dave Bainey and Sean Pointer, and saw that they both won their heat gestures. So that's really cool. Yep. They're uh, they're moving along, and I hear that swells on its way. Because it looked pretty small, so um, hopefully those guys get some good waves end of the week. Yeah, it hit us today. It went from like chest high this morning here. I live in Costa Rica, in a little spot on the northern Pacific coast, uh, and it started off today at about chest high. And by the time I got out of the water at nine thirty this morning, it was a few feet overhead and had a lot of power. It's a fast swell. It's a long period swell. So that's due to hit them. Hopefully by the day they get back in the water. Um, nice. What do you What do you think about the equipment that the guys are riding out there? I was looking at Ian Vaz. And Mo Freitas, and I just got to talk to Pat Rawson uh, last week for a while about Mo's boards. Both those guys are underwater up to their thighs when they're not paddling. They're riding boards about, from what Pat was saying, about 85% um, kilogram to liter ratio. It's pretty small, man. Yes. Yeah, they are. I, I, I was watching that. I was actually with Mo just a few weeks ago in North Carolina for an event we had there in Wrightsville beach. Mm -hmm. And I was checking out his equipment and they are on really small boards and they're surfing them really well. There, there's some guys I would say that aren't real, you know, pleasant to the eye to watch on some of those small boards, mm -hmm. but those two guys are surfing them really good. And I'll give them props because I don't know how in the world they paddle them. I watched them, stand underwater and somehow get up to paddle speed and like catch waves and this and that. And I'm like, geez, I'm falling off my board. That's, you know, seven ten, And these guys are on a six, eight at like 60 liters probably. And it's just baffling how well they're doing and really pushing it. It's just really neat to see. Yeah. Mo Mo's riding from what Pat told me, Mo's riding a seven, four, uh, at 70 liters. Okay. And he's weighing about 80 liters right now. Wow. So yeah, that's pretty intense. That's, that's insane. Yeah. When, when you see them walk to the water and they're carrying their stuff, just like a surfboard under their arm, mm -hmm. you know, it's not much board there. Yeah. His boards are 23 and a half inches wide. Crazy. That's wild. That's wild. I am. That's what, that's what my longboards are. My, my longboard, you know, they're riding boards that are, I've got surfboards that are like that width. <laughs> I've got short, I, I ride shortboards that are 22 inches wide. You know, it's crazy that they're on steps like that. It's, it's pretty neat that, that they can do it. And they're surfing. I mean, they're getting, they're getting pretty darn radical yep. with, what they're, with what they're doing with their boards. It's going to be interesting to see where judging goes. I really think that the sport's going to be defined by judging uh, in, uh, in a lot of ways over the next few years. 
And it's going to be interesting to see what happens with judging and style. And because right now, I know I'm surfing in the Costa Rica circuit here, and they reward points for using the paddle. If you don't use the paddle, you don't get scored as high as if you do use the paddle. But where the slippery slope is there is when you're using the paddle and it takes away from your surfing. Because I think the paddle should just blend in to your surfing. And I call it paddle enhanced surfing. I think that the paddle should accentuate the good parts of surfing. And then when you don't need it, it shouldn't be there. If you've got enough speed driving down the line and you're just pumping, you shouldn't be paddling down the line. Um, mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, I agree with that a lot. Um, for example, you don't want to be stabbing the water to going down the wave to get speed. You want to be using your legs and rhythm and flow with the wave and, and your board, and especially the boards that most of us are all riding now. They're just big short boards. So um, I like to look at it where, where I like to the paddle. I kind of look at like the blades, like like one of my hands surfing, and where you would be physically putting your body surfing normally your arm just gets stretched out and luckily you have that blade to put in the water and it just gives you more power and speed off every turn. But if you're not, if the blade's not doing an advantage to you, I agree. It shouldn't be just there to like stab it like in the water, like you're going down a river or something, you know, right. that's where your surfing technique comes in. And when you, when you use the paddle properly, people start figuring out that, wow, I just turned twice as hard with my blade in the water, you know, putting all my weight of my body on that paddle. I just, you know, hit the lip harder than I could hit it on my surfboard. Yep. And it's amazing when you start feeling that acceleration and power by using the paddle properly, it's very addicting. You know, you get that feel like, holy smokes, it's, it's, it's wild what you get out of it. Yeah. We're about the same height and weight. I think we're both about, I think you're a little bit taller than me, like six, one, uh, yeah. 175, 180 pounds, something like that. Yeah. And so for me, my build in surfing has always held me back shortboarding a little bit. And it wasn't until I got on a standup that the extra strength that I have became an advantage. And I love power surfing and I can hit the lip and I can do frontside wraparounds way harder on a, on a standup than I can on a shortboard. Now when I shortboard, I feel like I have to pull all my turns. I feel like I can't surf 100%. I surf at like 60% on a shortboard now. Um, and that paddle gives you that extra strength through, through all your maneuvers. Yeah, I totally agree. I'll, I'll, I'll go where I'm just, just paddle surfing for a while, and then I get back on a shortboard, and it's just like, geez, why am I turning so weak and going so slow? It's just you, you have that ability of just – extra speed like at will whenever you need it however hard you want to turn just lay on that paddle use that use that blade to just extend every maneuver so much more so it's it's, it's a really neat advantage to have especially once you learn how to do it properly yep well that's a perfect segue into my next idea here to talk about and that is the stigma coming from the surfing population and I get it in some aspects. I get it when folks are riding 10, 11 foot boards in lineups and they don't understand what to do and it changes the power dynamic. And we'll talk about that in a second. But what is it going to take for surfers to open? And it's funny that surfers consider themselves open-minded, but really it's almost like a religion in how closed-minded surfers are. Um, cool. What's it going to take for surfers to maybe drop that facade a bit and and hop on stand-ups and realize that they're missing out on a ton of fun i mean my best friend andrew can't stand stand-up and he sees me catching more waves and having more fun than him every day and he just will not pick one up and try it i don't get it yeah you know it's, it's a really funny 
topic there. Um, I don't get it either because I'll see guys too that just refuse and I don't care what I'm riding on a wave. If, if you're going to have more fun by riding your front door off your house, why not give it a go? <laughs> you know, and that's always been my theory. Whatever the waves call for, you know, is what I want to do. There's certain days that a stand-up board is the most perfect choice of equipment, hands down, okay. and that's on. And then another day, it's like, you know what? The best choice of equipment isn't the stand-up board for me that day. It's something else, and, and that's what I love about it. But what I've kind of seemed to figure out is a lot of the guys that are so narrow-minded and they got this weird attitude about it, they're the ones that are out there angry usually and they're usually not the best surfers in the water either because the best surfers are usually pretty open about trying stuff. I mean, for example, Luke Egan, he's one of the best all-time movie footers in the world. He, he rides a sandboard. He rips on a sandboard. Um, Rob Machado will get on a sandboard. There's a lot of top pros that, that do it. And the, the crazy thing is when you're that good of a surfer, imagine if they actually put the time in what they could do using that paddle correctly and some gnarly power shortboarder, the way they turn already on a shortboard, it'd be pretty wild to see what they do on this big open eight foot face with their paddle and how hard they could turn and hold in on a wave. Um, but it's crazy. Like I, I'll, I'll do the thing in the water where, you know, someone's kind of being lame. It's like, dude, why don't you try this? Try my board. Maybe you'll have more fun, you know? And usually if they don't want it, it's because they probably couldn't because they can't surf that, that well. <laughs> but um, it's just crazy. I, I, I don't understand. And there's no changing those people. There's a lot of people that just, they're never going to change. Well, th- what you just said right there was similar to what you've told me in the past about, about what you say. And I have now a bet based on what you told me you know, I don't know, two years ago that uh-huh. I present. When someone starts gives, giving me a little bit of a hard time, um, I give them a 10 to 1 odds bet as high as they want to take it. And I've now won $300. Um, <laughs> 15 minutes, catch one wave on my board. Yeah. So it's $100 to $1,000. I'll pay you $1,000 if you win. Uh, and I've won $300 so far. The last, the last person quit after five minutes. Just that like is it. so awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it's hilarious. I, the same dudes that are all huffy and puffy, it's like, hey, this swap boards, but if I surf your board better than you, I get it. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's, one of those, it's simple. Like, put your money where your mouth is. And um, I never get anybody that wants to give it a go. But I started that back in longboarding days. Like, just because you're on a longboard, people would like be up in arms. It's like, what's the difference? I'm not taking any more waves. I'm, I always used to tell people, if I was on a shortboard out here, I would hog waves all day long and not think twice about it. But because I'm on a longboard, I'm letting you have so many waves just to be nice because I'm on a nine-foot board. But if I was on my 6.0, I would be a dick out here and take everything that I could and not think twice about it. Right. So you should be glad I'm longboarding. I kind of It's the same approach on a stand-up board. When I'm with surfers, I, I like to stand up without Surfers, personally, I like to be just with other surfers or just by myself. That's the beauty of a sup. You can just roam around and surf waves by yourself. But when I am around surfers, I end up giving so many more waves to them just to make sure I'm being extra nice and, you know, keep the vibe all good. Um, so it's kind of funny. I'm always like, dude, you guys ought to be glad I'm out here on this equipment because I'm giving you way more waves than you get if I was on a surfboard. <laughs> uh, let's talk about your boards for a bit. Uh, Colin shapes boards for Hobie. 
They're raw, yeah. and I've had a few of them. I like them a lot. Um, what are you shaping these days? What sizes? Um, talk about rail lines and. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so I make um, I shape all my uh, custom Hobie raw subs, and um, you know I do boards and they're custom size boards, so any any size someone wants. But we do have a a catalog with kind of our suggested production sizes that we do to try and keep some bit of a order and flow, um, which is in a shortboard version, which means, you know, pointy nose, shortboard looking, is a 710, 8.4, 8.10, and 9.4. And then we jump over to my longboard style, which is just, you know, the CMLB is what I call it. Yep. And longboard style being obviously a nice round nose, trash can lid nose, just looks like a big longboard. And our suggested sizes that I do in that is a 9.0, a 9.6, a 9.8, and a 10.6. Yep. I love the 9.0. So I, I bought a 9.0 off of Colin on his last trip down here. And I think it was three or four days ago, I've got a reef, this right point break behind my house. And it wasn't big enough for me to go through the ordeal if it's about a 20-minute paddle to get out there. It wasn't big enough for me to paddle out one of the little boards. But I can get out there in about 10 minutes on Colin's 9.0. So I paddled that out. And I got five or six waves in 20 minutes. Paddled back in. It was you know a forty-five minute workout. It was amazing. The board's fun. Yeah, I love that. And to, to touch on that um, subject, that's that is the board I've been riding like crazy, and I'm like hooked on it. I yeah. actually made myself. It's kind of um, you know a scaled down version. Everything that that I shape, you know, for the public and more production sizes for on the racks at shops. I ride exactly the same thing. I just shrink them down a little bit. I just go a little thinner. Little narrower, um, and I'm riding my my 90 LB, but I shrunk it down to because normal production size is 30. Um, I shrunk it down to 27 wide uh-huh. at three three quarters thick. So it's just like a, a trimmed down long longboard. And what and does that put you at at liters there? It is right at 100. Uh, not very big so, for a longboard. Yep. So I'm right at 100 100 liters 90 by 27 by three and three quarters. So it's nice and easy for me to paddle. Um, I've ridden it from one foot waves to like pumping south swell, eight to 10 foot. We had a few weeks back and I was amazed at one, how well I could paddle, catch waves, put myself in the right spot, get out of the way of not being not caught inside. I just had such the ability to be everywhere I needed to be in the lineup. And two, I think from my longboarding days, I've always liked a bigger board, more rail line, more rail to project off and turn. I swear, I think I turned my this 9.0 longboard style board is good, if not better, than any of my small subs. Like it's all I've been riding for the last three weeks. Um, I broke tail it did you put on it? How much tail rocker do you have there? It's you know what, and I, and the, I had the computer cut it exactly like my 710, uh-huh. which is I don't know my rockers, but it's a very performance looking shortboard sub. Gotcha. I basically I took that exact cut and just blew it up to 9.0 and put the longboard nose on it. And so it's got a real nice pulled in tail and it works insane. I, I rode it for, like I said, from small waves. I took it to North Carolina. That's the board I competed in the event. I won the longboard, longboard style division on that board. Then I actually, in the open pro division, um, I ended up deciding, you know what? I'm just going to ride the same board the whole contest. And I rode that against the young kids on their seven, you know, seven fours. And I ended up just losing out in the final to the two guys that got first and second in the contest. So <laughs> it was, it was pretty fun, but, um, and I, it was, I let a lot of, a lot of guys ride, try my board back there. And it's something new and in the future that I'm going to probably be 
mess around with more is just going maybe a little bit more longboard style, but really shrinking them down so you can really turn them. And um, I'm, I'm really kind of anxious to get in there and do the same thing with maybe like an 8.0 version. Um, almost like riding a lot of boards I'm riding, short boards surfing, like 5.10s, 5.9s, are kind of, they're kind of like little eggs. They got a wide, wide nose on them, kind of like a fishy egg style surfboard. I'm going to kind of maybe transition that into a sup and see how that goes. So that's the fun thing about it. It's, it's never ending change of, you know, seeing how boards work. That's half the fun of doing all this. Well, I'm, I was happy to hear what you just said right there because you've told me for years that you only ride six O's by 20, I think. <laughs> yeah. So it yeah. sounds like you're, you're kind of taking some, some new, new direction in your shortboard surfing too. Totally. Yeah. Nice. I, I, that's, this winter, I've been changing things all around. I used to hate quads. I've been riding this nine six gun fish i would call it long it's like a long nine six so i consider a long board it's got a pointy nose a full-blown old school fish tail quad and i rode it the last two swells we had in big pumping eight foot waves and it's like paddling and riding a big board the easiness but you could just turn with this rail line it just makes you feel like you're I just envisioned Tom Curran at J-Bay. I'm not saying I look like that at all, but I've, that's what I feel. And if you can make your surfing feel that way, I don't care what the weird thing you're riding, that's what you want to do because it's like the best feeling in the world. Yep. Well, you're the guy who got me into stand-up. I mean, I was... That's her. I remember my first trip down to your neck of the woods. Yeah. Did I like it at that point in time? <laughs> No, you're like your friend we just talked about a little bit. I, I kind of was, but you know what? I have an open mind and when I see exactly. new information, I can make a new, de yep. new decision and I yep. think that that's totally. paramount to happiness. But, um, so yeah, Colin was coming down and hanging out with a buddy of ours, uh, Rich who runs Blue Zone Sub and I'm, I'm down on the beach one evening and I wasn't surfing. I don't know why I wasn't surfing, but I just watched Colin catch this right and do like seven full rail turns, smashing the lip all the way to the beach and kick out and he was back out basically with his hair dry and everyone else was just sitting there not even catching waves i was like i gotta learn how to do that and then i got hurt what about a month later started doing rehab uh on the stand-up and that's how i fell in love with it totally so, yeah you, you getting injured after that trip was a blessing in disguise for yourself because you came back and the paddling fixed your back yep. and the next thing you know wow this is the funnest thing on the earth to do and you're hooked Yep, it really is. And actually, while I was just saying that, I just got a call from Oscar, who runs Blue Zone 2, and he's bringing me a new board today. So nice. I just had a new board shaped. I'm working with a guy here in San Jose to, to get some boards done. And this one's a 7.7, so it's a little bit longer than I've been riding, but okay. a 7.7 by 26, really thinned out rails. It's going to come in at 85 liters. Nice. Um, I'm doing the rocket tail still. Um, but I, but I toned down the tail rocker just a little bit, which I think will give me a little bit better full rail turning with the thinned out rails. Mm -hmm. Um, and instead of doing a track pad, I did like a, like uh, a rough resin coat on top that I'm going to wax and see how that okay. goes to save a little bit more weight. I know we've both gone oh. down that road and hated it before, but I think that with a little bit of a rough coat on there too, maybe it'll stick a little bit better. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. And I think for some reason, because my longboard stuff that I was just bragging about how much I love, I went back to just wax and I waxed it. Just I thought, you know what? A longboard, I always didn't like the way a traction pad looked on a traditional looking longboard. So I decided I've got this 9-0 longboard stuff. I'm just going to wax it. And in my water temps where it's cold, I have the wax 
doesn't bother me at all. It's sticky, gooey. Yep. I comb it up. It's great. I think the warm water for me is where like the wax where you stand a lot, it starts moving away and you're just standing on board and you're slippery and yep. you know, in your neck of the woods, there's river mouse we're surfing and stuff like that. And so I, I'm back to basically cut it short. I'm back to using wax at home and totally love it. So it's kind of funny. Go back and forth. Yep. Well, I'm hoping that with a little bit of a rough coat on the top, it won't slide so much. The, totally. The seven, six I, I raw that I got from you, which was a great board, but I didn't put a deck pad on it. I was slipping a lot. And when I put the deck pad on it, that board was incredible. Totally. Um, I remember that. Yeah, it was like a night and day difference. It was like a night and day difference, and I wore that yep. thing out. That was in a, a bunch of videos that we did back in the day. Totally. Yep. Um, paddles, what are you using right now? Still the Hobie paddles? Yeah, I'm still just using the same Hobie um, surf paddle, 7.8 7 blade. Um, the only thing I've been doing differently is every time I get a new paddle, I've just been cutting a little shorter. shorter. Yep. I'm about down to two inches shorter than, than I am tall. Yep. And um, that's about, I don't think I'm going to go much less than that, especially now that I'm on, I've been riding this 9.0, you know, bigger sup, sup, and I feel like I'm up out of the water a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I kind of feel it, you know, paddling, like, wow, my back might feel a little more because I'm hunched over. Um, so I think I, I'm right at the length I like. But that was my biggest thing. I've always used the same paddle. was just, just changing. Like, I, I would you know, a half an inch difference in length and I'd feel it when I surf. So I'm, I'm at that spot two inches shorter and it's really feeling good. And that's kind of where I'm going to stay for now. Yep. You know, what's funny is that that Hobie paddle was my first real paddle. And mm -hmm. then I went through doing a bunch of Kialoas and a bunch of Nashes. I broke two Kialoas. I broke two Nashes. Um, and I really like the Nash with the flex. And so I've been riding, uh, I think it's the LE, the surfing LE. Uh -huh. I've been riding that paddle for a I don't know, about the last year. And then I hopped back on the Hobie, but I cut it way down. I'm like at my nose height on wow. the Hobie paddle. Mm -hmm. And I find that my surfing is much quicker and snappier, if that's a word. Sweet, sweet. Uh, with the Hobie. And I think you have a better, so the, so the Nash paddle has so much flex, it almost acts as a time delay mm -hmm. coming into a turn. And then even when you want to sit on your paddle, it's more forgiving on your shoulders and your elbows. And I had some elbow problems um, when I first got into to stand up because I was just a freak and doing it, you know, four hours a day. So I started yeah. to get some tendonitis in my elbows. And I think that helped me get out of the tendonitis. However, now that my elbows are good, the stiffer paddle seems to help me surf a lot better. I have a lot more drive and turns. Um, and I'm coming out of a lot more turns than I, than I have been. Yeah, I, I agree there too. I think um, in, in the world of flex you can have too much flex mm -hmm. it's just like in a surfboard um, um you know when boards get old they, they they get they get more flex in the board and you lose you start all of a sudden you just lose that drive out of your board it just gets to a point that too much flex i feel is not yeah they get good. stale and um totally that's yeah. that's exactly the word for it yep i have a five eight round nose fish a loss by this other technology that's some sort of molded technology and they were touting how much flex it had but you go to surf and you go to pump down the line and it's basically just like putting on brakes the whole time yeah yep. it works completely against you yeah it's amazing how much you feel that stuff yep for sure um so you have been a pro surfer your whole life yeah you were you know how, how old are you now can you talk about i that? actually just, i just turned the big 4-0 i'm 40 wow right on happy yeah. birthday yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it was actually just two weeks ago, um, and it was nice. We have a big group of friends. We all went down to Cabo, San Lucas, and did a quick. Um, it was uh, 
11 couples, no kids, already, all kids stayed home, 11 couples out down in Cabo, surfing out in the East Cape, you know, playing in Mexico, so it was really fun. Nice. So how long can you be a professional surfer? You know what? You're setting I'm records gonna, right now. It's just Kelly and then you, pretty much. I'm, I, I'm going for a record. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you can be a, a pro surfer for a long time as long as you adapt to what you can still be at the top of your game, and basically, you don't necessarily got to be the best but still be very good and get exposure and do things, um, do things well, you know, and, and get out there. And I think for me, straight up stand-up gave me a whole nother career to continue on to. And one, it is you get paid for showing your enthusiasm, your excitement. If you don't like what you're doing, you're not going to do it well. And a lot of people when they get older, you know, they just it's just hard to keep doing it at a level in regular surfing. Well, stand-up, it kind of opened that door to keep going longer for me. So it was a blessing in disguise. You know, I, it, it couldn't have come at a better time. Yeah. I think there's a lot of folks that have gotten into stand-up for money that mm -hmm. don't actually like the sport, and I see it from time to time, and that, that really bothers me. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, definitely. There's, there's a lot of um, people, I mean, if you go to – I mean, that's for example, let's go, let's go to like the, the surf expo shows, you know, where all the companies are there. There's a ton of people that jump on the bandwagon like, oh, you know what? I'm going to make a lot of money and, and start a stand-up company. I'm going to start making stand-up boards. Well, this person has no clue what they're doing. They don't do it themselves and it shows through in their product. And it's, it's, it's almost like snowboard. When snowboarding started, there was like 250 snowboard makers out there. What is there now? There's maybe ten. The 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 bad stuff gets weeded out, yep. and just the real the real people that should be there end up, and that's kind of what stand up's going to do, also. I think. Yeah. Well, what do you think is going to happen with the sport? I mean, one of our goals here, at Paddle Woo, is to help bring about uh, knowledge on the sport of high performance stand up surfing, and to help to help to separate high performance stand up surfing, which I'm calling paddle enhanced surfing away from stand-up paddleboarding as a whole, which is people paddling around on lakes and rivers and doing racing, which doesn't really have anything to do with surfing. How do you look at the sport in its totality and its parts? I almost look at it, it's almost like three different sports. Mm -hmm. um, it is you know, kind of the same thing because you have a paddle and you're on standing on a board. But when you look at what you're doing and what you're riding, it's complete night and day difference. Well, it's I mean, like, got, it's like bikes, you know, I mean, it's road bike, BMX, mountain bike. Down it's not the same. Bike. Yeah. It's not the same sport. Yeah, exactly. You're not still on two wheels, but it's not the same sport. Yep. That's exactly correct. So when you compare, you know, there's someone that, that, you know, lives somewhere that's never seen a breaking wave that paddles a 14 foot race board. That is very different than what Mo Freitas is doing on a wave. Um, and skill level wise, not you know, you look at it, it's not real hard to go paddle around in a lake. It's a lot, that's why it's such an awesome sport. It could bring the masses to doing it. But to go do that on a wave, it's hard to do mm -hmm. straight up. But the ultimate thing is surfing. And anybody that gets into paddling, ultimately they end up wanting to ride waves. So there's nothing better in the world than riding a wave. Yeah. I so it's, it's kind of funny because it is literally like three different sports. Yeah. Do you think that the surfing side of stand-up is hurt because of the other side? 
the other sides of stand up? It that's it does a little bit so. Um, I think lots of the negativity that gets gets thrown out there in stand up might be because yeah, for sure, you know, um, especially when you know, say someone from a non surfing background at all. There's a lot, like for example, there's a lot of people in the you know forty five and up age group, whatever that start riding waves. Well, you know what? Their first time ever being out there in the lineup on a wave is on their 11-foot stand-up board, and they're learning how to do it. But what they don't know, because they didn't grow up doing it, is the etiquette. And just because you can catch every wave that comes in or you see the waves first doesn't mean you get to actually do it. And that's where a lot of the negativity in the lineups are coming from, where it's not really these people's faults because they don't know. You know, they don't know what they're doing is wrong but then a lot of the guys surfers are getting pissed off and even other stand-up guys are getting pissed off and it's like it's just a beginner you know it's just someone learning and it's kind of just one of those things hopefully it just soothes itself out and and there's no problems but you know you still hear about all the negativity and the issues that happen yep how old do you think the sport of stand-up is right now and then how old do you think the sport of paddle enhanced surfing is right now um, I would say, I mean, when stand-up first started getting kind of popular, I mean, the first thing guys were riding, they were just riding big longboards. I mean, straight up, the the Mickey Munoz SurfTech 11.6, it was a designed giant longboard. Well, that was the closest board that had the width for people to stand up on. So that's what people were riding. They were just out there riding a you know, a big surfboard. So Mickey kind of gets a little bit of the credit of like his board, his model was the first thing everybody was sucking. Um, but it wasn't for years down the road until people started really just cutting their boards down and getting the performance side out of it. Cause it's really hard. I mean, I remember when I first, I was on 11.6, I jumped to my next board down was a 9.8. It was a big giant board still. And when I first got at 9.8, it was like, oh my gosh, how I could turn. I'm on this little teeny board. And then I went from that 9.8 to, at the time, was small to a 9.0, but more pointy nose. I mean, it's giant compared to the words I write now. But in 2009, it was, a sm- it was small. And what that board did was just mind-blowing for myself. And then it just kept going down and down and down. And, and not only just going short, people started taking all the volume out of it. And when you start thinning a board down, and really giving it a rail line like a real surfboard, that's where you get the bite on a wave. When you got these big, thick, four-and-a-half-inch four square rails, you can't sink those on a wave. It's, it's impossible. But when you thin it down and, and have just kind of like a, a blown-up surfboard, that's where you get these just these maneuvers and speed and guys really able to sink their rail and really use it on a wave. And that's what you're seeing now is people just they just took – all that foam out of their boards and they're some big shortboards. Yep. Pat, Pat was talking, Pat Rawson was talking last week about, you know, even those boards, which are so small, are still four inches thick in the middle, but then the mm-hmm. rails are really thinned out. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I looked a lot at, at Moe's boards and, um, it's, that's where I noticed was like, you could still feel the, like the beefiness where, I write a little bit different style. I like to, I, I go, my boards are a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. So I go thinner all around yeah. and a lot thinner, thinner. It pinches down to a lot thinner of a rail. But by doing that, you know, I got to go longer to be able to stand on them because 
if I did that with the smallest, it just sinks to the bottom for me. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's, that's definitely, a, that's where they're able to still somewhat stand and paddle, I believe. Sure. So you and I were talking about this a little bit ago, but I think it would be fun to kind of get your thoughts on it now, which is, so stand-up is not an old sport. And a lot of the folks that are enthusiasts now, athletes in the sport now, came from other sports. You had them come from kite surfing, wind surfing, big wave surfing, um, and then some folks who even started on the stand-up race side and then moved into surfing. And then some surfers, but I think that's the minority, unless there's kind of the older folks who been injured and I, I was injured to get into it but um what do you see the difference uh in as far as where folks came from to get into stand-up and where they are in the sport right now their style of stand-up and then second part of that question is what is going to attract more surfers into the sport because i really think that's when the performance uh jump is gonna is going to happen yeah i, I agree with you with with that with the surfing part um <clears throat> when when more just top, top surfers decide to give it a go, I think that's where we're going to really see, you know, see what's possible. Not to say a lot of the top guys in the sport um, aren't good surfers, but I think a lot of the, the top guys come from, like, like you said, you know, a lot of the best surfers are big wave riders, kiteboarders, wind surfers. They don't just, you know, normally paddle out their 6-0 at lowers and dominate at trestles. They're not that type of surfer. Nope. They are excellent in their disciplines, but if they were a pro level shortboarder, they'd be being a pro shortboarder. So that's the difference where we don't have that that best in the world shortboarder transition onto a sup, which would be so exciting to see what they would do. But um, it is crazy to see how many like cross athletes are coming to sup and how good they are. And I think lots of it is um, the different sports, how they read the water, how they read the waves, where they know like what to do kiteboarding and handle themselves with wind and stuff like that. You see these athletes in certain different conditions where it's like, wow, they are surfing so well in conditions that are so hard to surf. But for them, that's just a, a you know a normal day because that's what they're out doing with their other equipment. So it kind of blends it all together, I think. And also, I, I also think a lot of those sports, it looks like you use a lot of power in your body and your legs, and that's kind of how sub surfing is. Mm -hmm. um, the more strength you have, the more exciting and your surfing is going to be. So it kind of it really blends well together. And that's why they're excelling so well with their stand-up surfing. All these other sports, I think, almost kind of help it in one way or another. Yep. Well, since I moved to Costa Rica in 2006, basically working out has been my enemy because it's worked against surfing mm -hmm. until stand-up. And now there is a direct correlation between being stronger and surfing better, which I absolutely love. Um, you know, I just got into doing a lot of kettlebell training uh, in the last couple months and it's just amazing how much harder you can push and, and you get to push harder because you've got the paddle that you can sink and leverage with. So you get to use strength. Um, and, and I think that actually brings out uh, a different side of surfing that is much, for me, it's much more fun than shortboarding using that power. Totally. I agree hundred percent. I think in, in the normal traditional surfing world, you, you can't have all that power unless you're in some gnarly big wave which doesn't exist all the time because 
you can, in a two to three foot wave, normal surfing, you're going to overpower the wave. You're going to overpower your board. But for us on our standups, you've got that paddle to hold yourself up and throw all that leverage and weight and strength onto that thing. And that's going to transition into your board turning so fast and so radical. So it's kind of that, that fine line of like, you can't have too much power and too much strength. I haven't seen that be bad yet in standup. Nope. No. And it's fun to watch the guys right now learning how to utilize the whole rail. Uh, and that's new. That's really in the last year and a half, I think, seeing kids. Oh, well, I agree. I, uh, that's always been my thing. It's like one of my patent maneuvers, all the way going back to my lawnmower days, is like a figure eight roundhouse. Yep. One solid rail turn, never coming off your rail, rebounding in the pocket and coming out of it with as much speed as you went into the maneuver. That's like the ultimate feeling for me. You feel your legs burn. You feel the speed. You have a full rail engagement on the wave and then right back out of it like, like you didn't do anything. And, and that is what I love seeing a lot of these kids are starting to do because for a while there, when it first started getting kind of stand-up, went, okay, let's get radical. We can, we can do this. I saw lots of just real choppy surfing mm-hmm. where it just lost like flat turns, slides, stuff like that that is not what I want to see at all. And now you've got like like Mo, who's doing full rail, powerful surfing, and it's like awesome. That's what that's what we that's what we need to see. That's what we want our kids doing. Yep, is really like I always say: if your rail's not wet, you're not turning. Yeah. So that that's where it's I, I really it's pleasant to see that's going that way. I love seeing seven eight foot of rail just buried the whole thing nose to tail. Totally. Yeah. yeah it's it's awesome, man. Just. Aki turns, you know, if you can turn like Aki, do it. Yep. All right. Well, closing out now, when are you coming back down to run another camp? Because we've been saying you're coming down for the summer. Let's set some dates. Yes, we need to set some dates. I think, um, to, to tell you the truth, the sooner the better. Okay. Uh, I've been, uh, Blue Zone SGP is an awesome place to sup. July has in great waves. Yep. Plenty of amazing. You know, so we need to, um, we need to just, just pin, just basically, you need to say this week is it and let's get it out there and do it because I'm ready. Well, let's do that and let, let's plan that in the next day or so. So before this podcast launches live, we have those to post with the podcast so that everybody gets to see those dates. And the reef has been breaking pretty much every day. It's been incredible. Sweet. That yeah. is, that, that reef is, um, come down to, everybody come down to Blue Zone Sup with us and spend a week because... Uh, it's almost like your own private, like perfection of a stand-up wave. Um, I'm a I'm a big point break guy, and if you can add a reef that has power to it, and combine those two things, you've got kind of the ultimate wave. And then also add in that you're by yourself, and it's like the ultimate surf session. So come down and ride some with us. Yeah, you remember that big swell we had about what a month ago now, month and mm-hmm. change. Yes. Me and Oscar, Oscar and I, um, and our buddy Roger surfed that wave as big as I've ever seen it. And I was legitimately terrified. (laughs) I didn't realize it. The sets were only about every 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And I didn't realize how big it was going to be. And so I paddled out and I've got my lineups. I've got my, I call it table and chairs, Uh section of the reef that I line up on. And I paddled out about another. I don't know, 30 meters past that point. I thought I was way outside, 40 meters maybe. And this set came that 
I got under all four. I was swimming. It was probably every bit of 20 feet on the face. But looking down the line, it was just pitching this barrel that I've never seen out there. Wow. And um, it's been, I don't know, a couple of years probably since I wasn't able to control uh, the feeling I had. Like I wasn't able to like calm my heart down and like uh-huh. get good deep breaths. And <laughs> it was fine. I got under all the waves. And I actually had, had, a couple, had a couple after that. I got two, two waves and I just went in. But that was wild. I've never seen that place like that. Sweet. Did it move out to like a whole nother set of reef? Yeah, it pushed out about 30, 30 meters, 40 meters. Nice. Like but it didn't, be, look, it didn't look like it normally does. I mean, it was okay. mutant. It was good. I mean, it was a good wave. I think if you had a – shoot, if you, were, if, if you were one of those guys who liked to surf Jaws, you'd be yeah. surfing it. I mean, the barrel yeah. was insane. The barrel that, that I looked at in, on one of those was oh, – you'd fit a bus in it easy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's where you just need a big – yeah, I, I've got the board. I, I've got this board, and it's kind of funny that I have it in California. It's a, it's like four or five years old now. It's 10-0. It looks like a full gun, and I call it more of like my coastal cruiser. I ride it more when it's one foot to like just roam from San Onofre to Trestles and ride waves and just paddle and cruise. But when it gets big and stormy in California, most of our big waves come with storm and rain and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And I ride this board just because I could paddle it and and – it works. It's so good. And it's funny. You just you get that equipment and it makes chasing down those big waves that are so hard to get to so much more obtainable. And, um, that like, I just think about a board like that would just for the reef would just be perfect. Oh, that would be so fun. Well, yeah. I mean, Hey, thank you very much for your time today, Colin. I appreciate it. You and I'll circle up on some of those dates and we'll get those posted in the article. Um, awesome. you got any final closing thoughts? Uh, just, Final thoughts would be just keep getting out there and having fun, and let's just see where this uh, this sport we all love and enjoy so much where it's where it can go. And I think it's uh, the you know it's wide open on what's what we're gonna see be done in one foot waves to, gosh, probably whatever they call Jaws, 50, 60 foot. I don't know. It's just gigantic. And it's amazing to see what we're going to see people doing. So I look forward to everything. Awesome. Well, I'll I'll catch up with you here soon. We appreciate the time. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Right on. Thank you very much. 